Reporting to you, not live from my closet. Hi, this is late in the day on Wednesday. Um, I am having a day, a, a struggle. Um, I'll be fine. Uh, I know I say it almost every week. Uh, maybe not almost every week. I was doing fine for a while, but I like my like COVID shit is acting up again. And um, I did, I, I have updates about that job that I interviewed for last week. And that was sort of why I had been waiting, like putting off um, doctor stuff because I thought my insurance was going to change or just in case my insurance was going to change. But now it's become very clear the last four days that I 100% need to go see someone. Um, yeah, it's wild. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I just, I, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, it, it's the, my breathing is just really bad. Um, and like dizzy brain fog, brain, brain, brain fog, brain fog. Oh my God. Um, see there, there that is. Uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, will update you on the job. Um, I don't know how long this is going to go truthfully. Like I'm, I was going to just like put it out tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, but tomorrow is the sixth year anniversary of my dad dying. And, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how today, tomorrow's going to go. So, I mean, Oh, there's a loud, I have my closet door open, so I don't even know if you guys hear that or not, the uh, loud motorcycle outside. Um, I didn't want to be enclosed in the closet. I wanted a fan on me. I didn't want to, you know. Again, I still think it might be kind of funny if I passed out in the middle of one of these. I mean, not like ha funny, like dark funny. Sorry. Uh, but uh, like just a little funny. Just like, you know, one time if you're like sitting in front of people and you're, you know, you're like laughing and then you puke. I don't know why I think that's so funny. One time I was, I don't know if I ever told you guys this. So I, I was at a diner after a Jehovah's Witness Kingdom Hall meeting. That's what they call their church, Kingdom Hall. And they call meetings on Sundays. And I went sometimes when I was a kid. My dad was pretty good at, this is a, one of the good things, uh, one of the things that I appreciate about my father. Um, on the eve of his death anniversary, I, uh, he, he tried to shield me the best he could from the Jehovah's Witness um, religion. And I, you know, last year I started getting close to the Jehovah's Witness family of mine. And um, I don't regret that, but I did, I do still struggle with how they cut out my gay cousin because he's gay. I struggle with it more than my gay cousin does. He doesn't give a fuck. He's like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, one of my aunts sent me this long text inviting me to some, I don't know, Zoom conferences about being a Jehovah's Witness. And oh, I, I don't know if I've told you guys this or not. I've been pretty angry about it for a couple of weeks and I, I, I never responded to her. But um, because she used my women advocacy as a way, women's right advocacy as a way to lure me there was like, it's a lot about women's rights. I know you're really onto that. And I was like, and then she like sandwiched it. Like, you know how you sandwich comp, like if you're going to like tell somebody you don't like something about them, this is what you do for children or boyfriends. Sorry guys, but women do this to you because you are sensitive fucks. Uh, it's compliment sandwich. You say something really nice. You say what you need to say. And then you say something really nice again. She compliment sandwiched me. She was 
was like, I hope your book's doing really well. And then this massive paragraph about how I should come to one of these fucking things and then used my fucking, like, it's just so funny because that religion, okay, I'll get to it. But, and then ended it with your cats are so cute. And I was like, I don't, I haven't responded, but I will soon. I just wanted to not be angry. One of the things that I've learned in my, um, my recovery, my, you know, looking inward self worth, blah, 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 blah. Um, one of the things I've, I've learned with that is I don't react any longer. God, if this bitch would have sent this to me like two years ago, Kim, I would have went off. Um, but instead I was like, I'm not going to respond when I'm angry. Cause I do love this woman. This was my favorite aunt growing up. Um, but cross the line, man. Um, and she crossed the line because I, uh, I've set a boundary multiple times with these people that I don't want. I will have a relationship with you or attempt to if you keep your fucking religion out of it. And I, in turn, have honored your boundary that I won't say fuck in front of you. And guess who's honored that? I don't say fuck in front of them, but they will not stop asking me to come to these fucking things. Now they're using like women's rights shit. I was like, no, so mad. So I text my, my cousin, my one that my cousin that if, if for those of you who are new to the show, new to the show. I always, I never know if like if people like listen midway through and like sometimes I wish new listeners wouldn't listen from the beginning cuz it's just such a different show now. Um and then you know like like a year ago I want to say about a year ago I got really upset about Trumpers. I'm not laughing. I just know that there's like 6 to 7 episodes where I was like fuck you. So I know I lost a lot of Trump supporters which I don't give a fuck about. But uh my like my listenage listenage listener George, that's not a word. Um, my brain is super foggy. I'm, I, uh, my day was a poop scoop, man. My day was a fucking poop scoop. And I know everyone is laughing or whatever about that, but it is one of the things I'm going to need to talk to the doctor about. It's starting to get to where I am like missing out on life stuff. Uh, but, um, I also started my day. I have a good friend of mine. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't, this guy and I hadn't seen each other in years and years where I forgot like his last name. Right. And then we saw each other a couple of weeks ago. I had so much fun hanging out with him. I won't say his name cause I don't know how bad he wants me to tell you this part, but he, I woke up this morning with a text that's like, Hey love, I sharted on my way to the, on my way home from the gym today. Made me think of you. Hope you're doing well. And I'm like, that's, so my whole day was a poop scoop. That's also why I'm so late. Oh God. There was a little bit there. I was like, do I go to the hospital? Cause it was just, I was so dizzy and like, I, I, I don't know. It's fine now. We're obviously fine. We're in the closet. We're recording. What was I talking about? The Jehovah's witnesses. So if you're new to the show, uh, I had, um, let's see, let's just wrap me up. I, I'm, I'm funny. I talk about my bad childhood. I love talking about pooping my pants and I love talking about you pooping your pants. This is a good time to tell you if you have a story about pooping your pants or coming close to pooping your pants or an embarrassing bathroom story, uh, please email it to crawlspace, uh, kimcrawlspace at gmail.com, not crawlspace at gmail.com. There was a couple of months where I was sending that email and that's my uncle's email address. So I don't know if he ever actually got any because he never said anything to me, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he did and he was just like fucking niece. Um, and so I was, I, I, I was raised and, uh, my dad, uh, died, sexually abused me. My mom is an addict and lives somewhere off the grid or somewhere. I have no idea where she is, but now you're all caught up. And I wrote a book too. So if you're new to the show, those are things. So I, uh, those are, those are the things that's me in a nutshell. Maybe, I don't know. Um, 
Oh, and I had really bad COVID. I'm a long haul COVID person. That's why I'm talking about my health. Um, uh, long haul COVID people are ones that experience uh, the symptoms long after they are no longer infected with COVID. I am one of those lucky winners. Um, uh, what am I saying? Oh yeah. So, so I, uh, I didn't respond. So I, I text messaged my cousin and so my cousin came out to me, I don't know, like five or six years ago, maybe longer ago at this point. I don't know. Time's not real. The last two years feels like it was like two minutes and 15 years all at the same time somehow. Um, but he, uh, you know, he was like, yo, I'm gay. And I was like, yeah, no shit. I've known that since we were five. But then he like he dedicated his whole life not his whole life, but yeah, most of his life to being a Jehovah's witness. And he said that he knew as soon as he came out, they would, he would lose his family. And he did, they stopped talking to him. And so I already struggled with that when I started to get to know them last year. Cause it was just like, yeah, but what about that? That's, that's real shitty. Like that's really shitty. Right. Um, and then we sort of stopped talking because they, uh, one day they basically told me that if I was more like Jim Gaffigan, they would support my comedy career. And I was like, God, so you're just trying to put everyone in a little box, like whatever little box you, I, and I know they don't listen to this. My aunt said she listened to three minutes of my stand up somewhere once and it was pulling. So she couldn't listen to any more. So, um, but I, I, and I was pissed. I was pissed that they sent me this long message inviting me to this thing. It's, it's just like, I set a clear boundary and you just keep breaking it. And I, the only thing I have is just to say fuck off back, but I'm trying not to do that. So I text my cousin and I send him the message and I'm like, what do you make of that shit? And he goes, oh my God. He goes, well, I had to get real blunt because they start, they sent him a bunch of shit that was like, hey, they said, if you stop being worldly that's what the jw's call it. gay i guess you're being worldly which is so funny because that sounds cool like i want to be fucking worldly you know what i mean like i don't know i guess that was intended as an insult i don't know but i want to be fucking worldly um so he finally said he sent an email to our cousin and he goes they finally left me alone when i wrote her this email or letter i can't remember which one i like to think of it as a handwritten letter because those just have more of a punch to them than fucking you know um, and so, oh fuck. Um, and so he, uh, he, he just, he goes, he goes, I wrote a letter that basically said, look, I'm never going to come back to the, the, the truth is what they call it. Um, I'm like trying to, I'm like uncomfortable. Sorry. <laughs> um, technical difficulty. I don't edit. Uh, so he, he was like, I'm not ever going to come back to your cult, uh, because I like fucking men and drinking whiskey way too much. And I'm like, God, you're my fucking hero. I don't have the balls to send that. I want the balls to send that. And maybe I will eventually have the balls to send that. But as for now, I just left it on red. But my cousin was like, it's just really funny because, um, the whole religion is based on like how women and children are subservient to men. Like that's what the whole... And so, okay, so back to the puking thing. So just to catch y'all up. So uh, um, I, I respect that my dad kept me away from that religion. And now, and I'm grateful that I had a moment, like I had time to make the decision for myself if I wanted to be close to these people. Ah, it's just not my bag, man. It's just not my bag. Uh, I wish them all luck. luck. I love them. I wish that they, you know, would not be so... I can't call them good people. I don't think that that is a good person thing. A good person does not disown someone for who they are, period, full stop. So I don't think I can call them good people. I can call them lost people. I feel bad, but 
So my dad tried to like shelter me from them a lot, but uh, which was cool. Now that I'm an adult, like for a while I was kind of bummed because I wasn't close to them at all. And then I got close to him and I was like, no, Tom, that was, that was the right move, buddy. That was the right move. Um, but, uh, but the few times I did go to the kingdom hall, oh, if you're also new to the show, my, my brain is like bees and, uh, my buddy Ray coined that. And Ray, I don't know if I said this last week. I probably did. I don't remember anything from the last four days. That sounds really fucking scary. It kind of is truthfully. Um, but, uh, my cousin was like my, uh, my, my cousin I talk to every night or almost every night. She goes, your brain is kind of like bees. Like it looks like chaos, but every single thing going on is meticulous and has a job, right? Like, so bees look like chaos, but they're all working towards one solidary cause, which is cool. That is my brain. Um, and so one time I was sitting at one of the, one of the diners. I really, I'm afraid of diners. Not a lot of people know that they just, I'm not afraid of them. Like I'm afraid of a shark. Like I'm not, I don't see a delicatessen and I scream and run the other direction. I'm just really uncomfortable in them. They remind me of the Jehovah's witnesses and weird parts of my childhood. And I, I just, I just know too much about how food is prepared. I've seen too many like dentures being pulled out while people eat their sirloin steaks. I don't know, man. I just can't do it. I just fucking can't do it. Um, I can't like there's a diner called Cantor's in West Hollywood and it's so popular. It's so popular. I can't go in there. I went in there once and I was like, Oh, I think I'm going to pass out. I'm so uncomfortable. They just make me really uncomfortable. Um, so one time I was sitting at one of these diners, we were eating lunch or brunch or whatever after a kingdom hall meeting. <laughs> I don't know. I've never told you guys this. So I was doing this thing where, you know, when you, you, you put your finger on the top of a straw, like you saw you like, and, it, and then you pull the straw out uh, and then liquid is held in the second half, like in the straw that was already there, like you can hold it. So I liked to pull it up with my tongue and pull it out and then so gross, pull it out with my tongue and then pull it out of the thing and have it there. And then I would put it in my mouth and then I would blow it back in the water. I wasn't drinking the water, but I was just essentially like sipping it all in my mouth, putting it in the back of my throat and then spitting it back in through the same straw. And I did that over and over again one day at this deli and uh, this delicatessen. You know what I mean? Those like weird ass diners in the middle of nowhere where it's just like every, like it's like it's everything looks like a, like a, like a trailer park movie. I don't know. And I'm not trying to be you know, shitty. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just afraid of it. I'm grabbing my boobs. If you're on the fucking, uh, YouTubes, the YouTubes. Uh, so I, I was doing that back and forth and then I choked and then I puked all over the table. <laughs> like I was like, and then like, I just, and then puked up my sirloin steak. I got in so much trouble. I got in a lot of trouble a lot by my mom for puking, which is a weird thing to get mad at your child for. Cause I was a child. I mean, grant you, I was playing with the water and it did cause me to throw up. And most of the time that I did throw up as a kid was because I was doing something fucked up. <laughs> that would make me puke. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling this. Another time my cousin and I, uh, my cousin and I were, and my mom lived in these apartments in Littleton, Colorado, and we were, we were in the swimming pool, and we were, we were doing bobs, you know, where the bob, where like you, like it's it's a technique to help teach children how to hold their breath underwater, like you like go under, you hold your breath, and you come up and you take a breath, and then you go under and you hold your breath. But when we went under, we were taking mouthfuls of pool water. Gross. I'm gonna get 16 DMs about this. 
pull, which I'm all caught up in DMs, I think. I don't know. There's like, and the problem also is there's, there's some people who feel the need to comment on every little thing. So it's not, they're not commenting. They're just putting like 100%, clap, clap, clap. So then it's like, you have 15 messages from this person and you're like, what? And then you open it up and it's like, oh, they just put 100% on. And, and that's fine. I like that. But then there's like 14 different places that you can get messages on all of, I don't know. I may never be caught up. There's this broad, this comic broad that... She has like 200,000 followers and this like all Texas bitch. And she'll write me back right away. And I'm like, how do you do that? And I, I know that there's people that I see their messages first too. Cause I don't have them in like the general or whatever, but I don't know. So my cousin and I were going in and instead of holding our breath, we were taking big gulps of pool water. And then when we were jumping out, we were spitting them out on, <laughs> we were like 10. Okay. It's not like we were like 15. We were, and even then we're still children. We were children. So we were taking it and then spitting it out onto the, and we weren't supervised ever. Like our, our moms, God knows where those two were up to, right? Like his mom's a lot more functional than my mom was, but those two, it was just like, Gerald and I were left to our own devices all the time. So we, we, uh, I wonder if he listens to this. Uh, so we're, 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 we're drinking the pool water and then we're spitting it on the pavement and then we're drinking the pool water and we're doing it for a long time. And then one of the times I came up, I choked on the pool water and then I puked all over the pavement. <laughs> no one was there. So I didn't get in a lot of trouble and Gerald laughed pretty hard and it was just like, well, what are you going to do? Uh, another time I, uh, my mom used to have this boyfriend. Sorry if you're eating. I, I, it's, it's all water by the way that I'm like choking and throwing up. <laughs> Maybe I should stop. I, I think, I think they should never show vomit on television or movies ever. There's never a time where it's like, that was necessary. Like you're like minding your business, eating dinner, watching One Tree Hill for the 15th time. And you forgot that the broad puked in the middle of episode 13 or some shit for no reason. And then you have to look at her puke while you take a big bite of pasta. And you're like, I'm going to puke now. So like, I just think that there's no reason ever to show throw up. You can show someone like, right? You can show that. But why do we need fake vomit? Why? 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 I think about this all the time all the time. I don't even know. Oh yeah. Cause I was like, how did we even get here? Cause I was telling you, I, I thought it was going to puke all day. It's been a, it's been a ride, man. The problem is, is my breathing is really bad. And what helps is my inhaler. So I have an inhaler, but they said one of the side effects, like don't do the inhaler too close to bed. Cause it makes you really jittery. It's got like, I, I think it has like steroids or some shit in it that goes into your lungs. I believe that's what they told me. I've had it for a long time. And I probably ought to go to the doctor. I know I don't need any messages telling me I had to, I have to go to the doctor. I know I do. I I am afraid of the doctor, and uh, the experience I had with COVID was not good. So I think I'm just like freaked out. I'm going to go to go to the doctor, and like it's interesting because my male friends don't understand this because statistically men are believed more than women in doctors, even by women doctors. It's awful. Um, they look it up like more, more women have heart attacks than they know because when a woman is having a heart attack, she's told she's having a panic attack 
bitch is having a heart attack and they're like you just need to calm down and that like so we're and, and like I saw this meme that was so true it's like I could walk into the doctor's office covered in the dragon's blood that I just slayed holding a fucking shield and sword and the doctor still would be like what was the first day of your last period like it's like what it's it's so it's obnoxious as fuck so I think I'm just like putting it off because I know it's not you have to like as a woman you have to just be like your biggest advocate over and over and over again you have to be dramatic you have to yell the only reason the second time I went to the ER that I was even listened to is I started crying because I wasn't dying and it was in the midst of like the height like when COVID was just it was like November December when COVID was just killing tons of people right so when you go to the ER you if you weren't going to die you were treated like just go home and hopefully this gets better we don't know much about it but you can't be here because there's nothing we can do for you and you're like well I've been going to bed every night hoping that I wake up in the morning right and so I don't know I know I'm just putting it off because I'm afraid of being disappointed I understand the psychological aspect of it and I will suck it up and get a doctor because it took me uh, like, um, I'm going to say 15 minutes to put on my eyeliner this afternoon because my, my hands were shaking so bad from the inhaler. It's so it's, it's, uh, it's, um, don't get COVID get vaccinated, dude. I don't, I can't even have that conversation anymore. This girl that I don't know very well, I've only met her a couple of times, so I don't know how old she is, but we follow each other on friends on Facebook or some shit. And I posted something about the chicken pox vaccine and how there's no more chicken pox because we got rid of that because we have a vaccine for it. And she wrote back and I believe in all seriousness was like, there was a chicken pox vaccine. And I was like, yeah, we all had to take it. This was before everyone quote, did their own research on the internet. The internet uh, has empowered idiots more than I think anything else on the planet has just empowered these fucking idiots. Um, yeah. We all had to do that. I think we all had to do our immune shots. We had to do all our vaccinations before we were allowed to go to school. And also, I need to look up more research on this, and then I will. And then I'll have, I, I like to learn everything I can about the other side because I want to win. That's like I, I learned every single thing I could have learned about Breonna Taylor because of how much misinformation was spread about how she was with a drug dealer and like she had a dead body in the trunk of her car or some shit like the rumors were wild. Right. So I did all of the research I could just so if anybody brought it up, I could be like, actually, fact, fact, fact. And so that's what I'm going to do with these vaccines. Um, I believe, though, I had a doctor tell me. Recently, that's really weird that I saw a doctor, but I didn't see a doctor about this shit. It's private. It's personal. I'm not going to share it on here, which is wild because I share a lot of stuff on here. But um, I was at a doctor for a whole other reason. And um, we were talking about the vaccines and how uh, how if you he was uh, he told me to look it up and I haven't yet. But he said that the origin the origination of the vaccine uh, vaccines causing autism uh, it originated from either an English or a French doctor who's like an, an eye doctor that this, this drug company that wanted to push something else needed to hire a doctor to push their narrative that vaccines were bad for you and they cause autism. It doesn't cause autism. What causes autism is like way in the womb and genetics. There's a bunch of different things that cause that, but it's not 
sticking your kid with a needle that will prevent it from having whooping cough. Like things are coming back because people aren't vaccinating their kids because this doctor who was, and the only reason, and like they were like, that was the only doctor that would be like, okay, I'll be a part of this, but you got to pay me a lot of money. That doctor's in jail now. And it got more traction because Jenny McCarthy, uh, a Playboy model, which I don't disrespect. I know I disrespect that bitch quite a bit, just not because she's a Playboy model, but because she spread so much misinformation about vaccines for so long that now people, I, I don't know, it's just, it's infuriating. I just, infuriating. I don't know what I was talking about. I get very upset. Oh, so I'm trying to learn all I can about that and I'll come back to it. Oh, um, oh, I'll go to a doctor. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, guys. My brain is foggy. It's so foggy. Um, I, uh, I, uh, another thing that has happened and, and then I'll t- stop talking about COVID because I've been so mad about this. So mad. Um, there is a comic. I don't even use the word comic. Uh, open micer. If you're not a comedian, an open micer is basically someone who, um, who doesn't do real shows, just goes to open mics. And all of us started out as an open micer. Like it's not everybody. I've been an open micer. Everybody that does comedy has been an open micer at some point in their career. Right. But this guy's just like a perpetual open micer. He's been one for years and years and everybody hates him. Everybody hates him. I have only heard bad things about this guy and for you. And I don't talk trash about people. I don't, that's not really my thing. I don't, I, I do my best to not, just like maliciously talk bad about people like you know what I mean and then if I do talk about people it is with a trusted group of friends that I know that it's not going to go anywhere and we don't talk like I don't keep company that's like oh my god did you hear why she slept with that guy like I don't keep company that does that shit right and so I don't I don't really know this guy so I just like have for years heard how much everybody hates him everybody hates him right even like he did this uh, this uh, Excel sheet for all the open mics and the times and what they're doing now after, you know, now that the world's kind of opening back up and now that it's closing and he's doing all he's doing, he's keeping up this Excel sheet. And I'm in two female comedy groups, female uh, gal groups on Facebook. And both of them had someone separately go, hey, I know everyone hates this guy, but this is a pretty good list of open mics. Everybody hates this guy for years. I haven't stood up for him, but I've never engaged. I've never like when people are like, oh, that fucking guy. I'm like, why? Why does everybody hate them? And then every reason is just kind of like sad. Well, he's not funny. He's a loser. He thinks he's attractive, but he's not like it's it's all like petty shit where I'm like, why would you hate someone over that? Right. For years, this motherfucker has now made me go. Yep. I get why you hate. Everybody hates you. You are trash. You are trashy trash. Um, he got the Delta virus and was going out knowingly to open mics. And what's even worse is some of these open mics weren't sending him away. They were just being like, well, I guess we're all masked. So he brought his own microphone and I've heard that at least six to five, six to eight comedians in the open mic scene have gotten sick because of this dude. Um, trash, trash. I, I like. I will never. I still won't be like. Oh, he thinks he's this. But if anybody ever brings him up again, I'll be like, that guy's trash. I don't like. Like I'm upset a lot because 
uh, someone like him probably went into the bar I was working at knowingly been exposed. Maybe not. May, who knows? It might've been a complete accident, but there's a lot of careless people out there and people who are blatantly not giving a fuck. And because of that, my entire life has changed. My entire body has changed. I am unable to walk more than one mile without having to sleep for two days sometimes. Like I haven't left my toilet all day today because of shit that's gone. Like my body is completely different because I got this virus. So, and, and, and he, could, he could kill somebody. Like fuck that guy, right? Ugh. All right, that's all I got. I'm, I'm, I'm off my soapbox. I'm off my soapbox. Um, I was reminded recently, this is, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told you guys this story. So when I first moved out to LA, uh, my friend Amy had, uh, she, was, she was dating this guy who's now her husband and she was, who was friends with this guy, Mark, right? His name's Mark, important for the story. So, you know, like now at this point, 17, 18 years ago, God, I'm old. I'm not old. I'm not old at all. Why would I say that? God, that was a long time ago. If you're new to the show, I also don't believe in people. The day you can call yourself old is when you die and no one goes, man, she was so young. That is the day. Like if you're at an age where you're like, oh, if I died, everyone would be like, oh, yeah, that was, you know, she was 85. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the day that, that you can. So I, I take those words back. I'm not old, but it was a long time ago. And sometimes you look back on years and you're like, man, time passes. Like, you know, like the last two years, like it's been two minutes and like it's been 25 years, you know? So I, I went out with this guy, Mark and Amy and her husband, her now husband. We went out to some bar called Maloney's in Westwood. I don't know what it's called now. It's like an, it's like a chain bar now. Um, oh God, I made out with so many people in that bar and like uncomfortable sorority girl, frat boy, make out all over the bar girl. Like, oh, it was that guy. Oh, there's a dude named Nick that I made out with a ton. God, I was so mean to that guy. I, wherever you are, Nick, I don't know your last name. Probably couldn't pick you out of a lineup. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, he, he invited me, he was in a fraternity and he invited me to a date party, which if you're not in a fraternity, you don't know what that is. I, I lived with a fraternity and I didn't know what it was. I was never invited to the date parties, which I have a lot of bones to pick with you frat boys I lived with who some of you listen to this. Why did none of you ever ask me to those? I was cute. Um, and I was fun for the most part. So, uh, so, um, yeah, you invited me to one of the date parties and I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And a date party is like basically prom. Like it's like everybody brings a date. It's like formal, whatever. Right. And like an hour before I text him and I was just like, oh, I found something better, <laughs> better to do. I'm not going to go to that. <laughs> and he was like, but it's a date party. And I was like, yeah, still not going to go, Nick. Sorry, man. And then he had to go by himself. That guy kept coming back for years and years and years. And I would put him in the next book because I am working on a volume two. I'm actually just going to re-release Confessions of a Recovering Party Girl in a year. That's sort of the plan with extra chapters, right? I think that's maybe the plan. Um, but I would put him in the book, but like, I don't remember much about him. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I do remember that he kept coming back. He kept coming back. And even after years of that, I was like, really, dude? Like, how low is your, I'm very mean to you. I treat you terribly. Like, I would be like, yeah, I'm ready to date you. Let's date. And then like 30 minutes before the date, I'd be like, you know what? I don't really want to date you. So I'm good. See you around. And then I'd see him drunkenly at Maloney's and we'd make out all over Maloney's and he'd be like, I love you. And I would be like, oh, I don't know what to tell you, man. 
And then uh, he probably just graduated UCLA and I moved to Hollywood. I don't know what happened to that guy, but I eventually stopped running into him. Um, if you do listen to this, Nick, somehow, uh, DM me and I'll apologize to you, I guess. Uh, that's a weird way to say. Oh, and I was talking about Mark. So I was at this bar Maloney's with Mark and uh, Amy and her husband. And then Amy and her, her boyfriend, now husband, left. And it was just Mark and I. And then we went to Mark's car and like hardcore made out in the backseat of his car. Like hardcore all over the place in the backseat of his car. Like, I mean, like I, I was a virgin then. So that's why there was no sex. I was really good at like not having sex, just making out as an adult and then being like, bye, because I was a virgin. And so we're like, bye, and we leave and whatever. And it was just like, oh, I hope he calls. I hope he calls. And so a couple of weeks go by, and one day my phone rings, and I'm like, hello. And the guy on the other line's like, hey, it's Mark. And I'm like, oh, hi, Mark. And he's like, I was wondering if you wanted to get coffee with me. And I was like, yeah, like in my head, I was like, oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> like we're going to, we're going to date and fall in love. And, uh, you know, one of my drunken es escapades turned into maybe a relationship. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And he's like, well, well, what's your schedule like? And I'm like, well, I work, I was working at this office in uh, Sherman Oaks at the time. Uh, that's a whole other story we'll tell another day. Um, but I was working at this office in Sherman Oaks and I was like, oh, I work every day until like six. Um, and he's like, oh, where's your office? I'm like, oh, I, it's on Ventura and Sepulveda. And he goes, oh my God, I, I work right by there. And I was like, oh, did you quit your job as Wolverine? <laughs> and let me explain, Mark was Wolverine at Universal Studios for a long time. That was like his job, right? And the guy and the Mark on the other end goes, what? And I was like, oh, never mind. Like, I, he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. And he goes, all right, well, uh, why don't he goes, well, why don't we go to the Starbucks there? And I was like, cool. He's like, I, I, I can't remember this guy didn't have a car, but for some reason I picked him up on my way to the Starbucks. Like it was like, do you want to just pick me up and we'll go to the Starbucks together? I think that's how it happened. But for some reason I picked him up. I remember vi like vividly picking him up outside, uh, Sepulveda, Ventura. There's a mall, the something Galleria. What the fuck is that mall called? I don't know. It's some kind of Galleria with like a movie theater and a PF Chang's and also a, a Paul Mitchell school where I've gotten my hair done a lot. So I pick him up and I pull up and some random ass dude gets in the car. And I was like, Oh, that's not the mark I made out with a couple of weeks ago. Let's back up. So when I first moved here, I hung out with this guy. Um, his name was Lance. I hung out with Lance a bunch of times. Um, I, uh, Lance was really religious, really, really religious. I wonder where he is now. I wish I knew Lance's last name because I have a friend that listens to this who can find people and I would love to find out how Lance is doing. Lance and I hung out all the time, right? Like, um, and I thought we were just friends cause he, uh, and Lance was so hot too. Lance was like this like tall, Justin Timberlake looking guy, muscular and so sweet. Um, and we hung out all the time, but he never kissed me or never anything. But like we, I, one day was re explaining, I was like, Oh, to these girls I worked with, I was like, Oh, I'm going out with my friend Lance tonight. And they're like, Oh, you're going out with Lance again. And I was like, Oh, Lance and I are just friends. And they were like, I don't know, does Lance think that? And I was like, I don't know. They're like, well, what did you do last time with Lance? And I was like, legit. I was like, 
Well, Lance took me to Point Doom, which is a beach in Malibu, like a pretty exclude, like excluded beach in Malibu. Oh, I got a cough. <coughs> Sorry. Um, a pretty exclusive beach in Malibu. It's not like exclusive, but it's excluded. Like there's not a lot of people around, right? You have to kind of climb down to get to it. And I was like, and he took me there after the sun went down. No, I think we did. No, he took me there well after the sun went down. And I was like, and I, you know, I'm really scared of the ocean, but Lance wanted me to see, I can't, still can't believe I never put this together until these girls told me. It's like Lance wanted me to see what the ocean looked like with the moon shining on our faces on the ocean, but I don't get into the ocean. I'm really scared of it. So Lance picked me up and carried me out into the middle of the ocean while we just stared at the moon together. And they were like, yeah, you're dating Lance. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And they're like, what'd you do the time before? I'm like, he took me to dinner at toy. And they're like, what? And I'm like, he did bring me a card to tell me, he brought me like a card telling me how much he, he appreciated me being in his life or something. I don't know. I can't, I couldn't tell you it was in the card because all of it just seemed like, well, if Lance liked me, I did a bunch of shit with his church. Like I saw the third, the second or the third Lord of the Rings. Uh, don't hate me. I hated the Lord of the Rings. Yep, I said it. I hated the Lord of the Rings. Um, it's so long. And the one, I think maybe we saw the third or second one. I can't remember. But it ended like 15 times. It's so long. But we went and saw that together with his church group. And the whole time is church group. Don't worry, I'll remember about Mark. We're just getting off this little tangent. It's like bees. It's all coming together. So, you know, it's just church group. He's got his arm around me. Everyone's like, it's so nice to finally meet you, Kim. And I was just like, we're pals. And I cannot tell you how and why Lance and I stopped talking to each other. Can't tell you at all. Couldn't tell you even a little bit. Not even, I mean, not even a little bit. Uh, I just, one day he was out of my life. Uh, but at one point we went out with uh, my my friend and her boyfriend knew people that were, were going to a Von Dutch party. So this is like almost 20 years ago when Von Dutch was like a big thing. I was just in a, as an extra in some documentary for it. And like, yo, what happened on, with Von Dutch? Like, so I can't talk about it cause I signed shit, but like, I got to look up that story. It was like, we were like in a courtroom and I was like, I have some questions, but I was just an extra. So I didn't want to, you know, be like, I have some questions. But so we, we, uh, we went to some Von Dutch party, right? And we get there and Lance is there. And there's these two dudes that came with Lance and like, this is so weird. And these two older women who now looking back, they're probably my age now, right? Like almost 40, we were like 22. So they seemed so old, which is horrifying, but seemed so old. But it was these two older women, two men that Lance were friends with Lance. And then my best friend and her asshole boyfriend all going to this like open bar Von Dutch party, which I couldn't tell you a thing about. I don't even remember if we made it, but I even have a picture somewhere of like all of us in some hotel room. So I have a picture of me, Lance, and these two dudes. So one of the dudes, I can't tell you his name, he and I started to hang out throughout the night. Maybe this is the last time I talked to Lance because me and that guy started holding hands and then he got my phone number. I don't think he kissed me, but it was like we liked each other, right? So the guy that got in the car at the Galleria was that dude's friend. So the dude, not Lance, not the dude I was holding hands with all night, but the random ass dude I barely spoke to all night was named Mark and got my phone number from the dude I was holding my hands with. And he got in the car and I was like, and I thank God, I, I, I don't, 
I don't have a poker face. I think I do if I really, really need to have one. Yeah, it's a lie. I have a really good poker face. I just don't use it very much because uh, when I need to use it, I need to use it, right? So most of the time I pull out the deer in the headlights look. So I look, you know, I know most of the time I, I'm pretty forthcoming with how I'm feeling because when I need to use that, that poker face, I fucking use it. And I'd rather everyone be like, you don't have a poker face because then it's more powerful, right? So I have a pretty good po poker face. There's, there's, um, a deep dark secret I've had for a long time. Uh, so he gets in the car and I was like, Hey, and he's like, Hey, thank you for picking me up. And the whole time I'm like, why the fuck did you call me? Why didn't the guy I was holding hands with, did you just ask for his phone number? And we sat through awkward coffee. He was a PA of some kind. And all he did was bitch about his job. And I'm not judging PAs at all. I know a ton of PAs and we were 22, right? Loads of whatever. I was raising money in some sketchy ass phone room at the time. So not judging it, but he was like complaining about his PA job. And then he, and then I drove him home and he was like, I remember him being like, yo, um, I wasn't sure you'd go out with me because I didn't think you'd remember me, but you seemed so excited when I called and I didn't have the heart to be like, yeah, I thought you were a different Mark. So, uh, that's why we're here right now. That's why we're on this date. So then years go by and I end up becoming friends with Wolverine Mark. And, uh, um, I tell him this story. And he's kind of one of those too cool for school guys who just everything is too cool for school. Uh, so when I told him, he was like, oh, okay. So you wanted to go on a date with me back then? Like judging me like, yeah, bro, we made out in the car. Why didn't you call me? Um, and then we became friends more and more over the years. And then I bring it up all the time if I ever see him. I haven't seen him in a long time, but uh yeah, I don't know why that popped up, but I thought it was a story worth telling, which made me lead into the Lance story. I would kill to find out how Lance is doing. I don't think, like, I don't remember how and when that ended, but the friendship was just over. My friend Amy was really good friends with him. That's how I met him. And I always, I always forget to ask her about him. But I think the last time I asked her about him, he's like living in some small ass town somewhere and he's married to some broad and he has like 15 kids, which all tracks for the religious thing, right? Um... But yeah, he carried me out into the moonlight on the, in the ocean and we just silently watched the moon hover over the ocean. It was really pretty. And you know, if I would have known, honestly, if I would have known we were dating, Lance was a good guy. I would have probably kept trying to date him. Like he was a really good guy. I was a virgin. He probably for sure was a virgin. So it would have worked out, but I had no idea. Cause I also was just so used to like scummy dudes trying to date me. And the coffee mark was probably a good guy too. I was just so thrown by the entire situation that I was like, why didn't you ask for my number that night? So is your friend not into me? How did that conversation go? So many unanswered questions and so many unanswered questions that will never be answered. I don't know. I, like if all threat Lance, I'd recognize, obviously we hung out all the time, but if the other two dudes came up to me and started talking to me now, I have a picture of them somewhere in my closet, but like I would, they'd have to be like, I'm so-and-so like the dude I held hands with. I don't remember his name at all. And I, don't remember. I only remember Mark's name because I thought that, you know, I thought it was Wolverine Mark. So I've been a mess, I guess, the whole time, you know, I don't know. That was, that was a, I, I feel better by the way. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't put pressure on myself to record this early in the day. It was a rough day, man. Like I said, the whole thing was a poop scoop all day. I didn't poop my pants though, which is really surprising. There was a couple of times where I was just laying and watching TV and all of a sudden I was like, whoop, whoop, whoop. 
gotten way too comfortable just like shitting my pants in quarantine. Anyone else? Just like, I mean, not that I'm like, <laughs> I'm not just sitting at home just like shitting my pants. <laughs> I said that wrong. But just like where it's just like, oh, well, I guess that, I guess that happened. You know, like just like, like it's, I didn't put my pants today and I haven't put my pants. I don't like maybe twice in quarantine, arguably three times, but I like, did, like, it's not like I put my pants today, but I wasn't alarmed or freaked out if it happened. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, oh, better get to the bathroom. But there wasn't like an alarm, like, oh man. And I don't know what that is. Uh, I think I've just been sick for so long that I just, I don't know, man. It's the, it's the wild west in here. There's just no rules. Or is that Nam? I can never remember. So you know how we all, uh, I haven't told any of my friends this because I know that people hear that you look up at exes and they think that you still like them or care about them or pine over them or I don't, I don't know if friends do this. I, I do know that I've told people about an ex before, like, oh, I looked him up and then they're like, oh, it's okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't want to, I, uh, I looked up Jimmy the dragon or Danny the dragon. If you read the book, I don't know why I changed his name in the book. Cause I use his name here and everyone who bought the book listens to the podcast. So, you know, Danny, the dragon is Jimmy the dragon. That idiot probably actually he's one that would sue me. He's one that like, he was a mess of a human. So he, he would sue me. So every now and then, uh, something pops up and it makes me, leads me to be like, Oh, I should look him up just to, just out of curiosity, you know, not, and again, not cause I'm pining at all, at all. Um, but you know, he, he was instrumental in me changing my entire life. And, um, as much as I make fun of him, I did love him. You know, I loved him as much as I could have then as much as like, like where I was in my life, I wasn't capable of really loving anybody, but I care for him. And it makes me sad to know you know, when I, it makes me, when I, when I hear what people are like, oh yeah, that guy's still all the time coked out or other people are like, I know a few people who had to block him. They're like, oh yeah, we had to block him because he would just show up wherever I was at asking for money all cracked out. And so like, I make a lot of jokes about him, but truthfully, like I cared about that guy. Um, it feels like 16 lifetimes ago. Like I don't even, I, if I saw the Kim now in that room, I would just grab her and hug her, dude. I would just hug that girl and be like, you're going to get over this. You're going to get out of this relationship. It was so emotionally abusive. Um, and there's other stuff that went on that I am not, I have not shared with anybody and I don't know if, when I will, um, I probably will at some point, but there, it was an abusive, horrible relationship, but I know that he is a sick dude. I think he's an unmedicated bipolar drug addict. Oh, I got a little, I got a little dark, but, um, I think, uh, so I looked him up, right? He got fat guys. He got fat, which means he stopped doing drugs. Like uh, he was like, I, and by fat, I mean like a regular size person. Like he's like a ray. So if I, I'm not fat shaming anybody. You guys know me. I don't do that at all. I think bodies come in all shapes and sizes. And I think that we would have been better off as a society if we would have shown that on television and model runways the whole time. Right. Cause there are those of us who were raised on that stick thin thing. I know most of the women that have been in my life have struggled with some sort of eating thing because of how society treats uh, women in our bodies. So I'm not fat shaming him. I just mean like he was like rail coked out guy skin skinny and he is not anymore. He's like bloated. So I'm like, that's great. And now he's with a new girl. And I was like, Oh, that's nice. Like he has a new girlfriend every time. I don't, I don't think that guy has ever been single. I think that guy has only jumped from girlfriend to girlfriend to girlfriend, like can't be alone. Right. 
which, you know, I, I don't, no judgment, um, but has like, she, he's moving back to LA. Yeah. I went deep into his Facebook. Don't judge me. We've all done it with our exes. We all do it. Everybody does. I, except for the guy from Seattle. I'm pretty positive. That guy doesn't look anybody up. I'm pretty positive. That guy is just like, I don't know. He once told me that he, he had, he has like 200 followers and he's like, no. So that means like maybe 20 people watch his stories. Like statistically, he goes, no, I don't look who watches my story. I think that might've been a lie though. Cause he's restricted me from watching his stories. I went a little too far. Didn't I? I only know that because he also follows my, my cat and him follow each other and stories would pop up on my cat's profile of his and not on my regular profile. And I'm like, did that guy restrict me from seeing his stories? And then I watched one and none of the stories are like him with a new girl. They're all the same dumbass memes he always posts. Um, and then now my cat can't see any of his stories. So, um, I assume he does look at those. So every, the point is everybody looks up exes. Everybody does. I don't care who you think you are. Oh, the breathing is getting a little bit better. I'm telling you, dude, that inhaler is working. It's just, uh, it's just like a one to two hour situation afterwards where I can't really do anything because I'm so shaky. Um, oh, it's so fucked up. Uh, what am I saying? Oh, so yeah, he's, and then I was like, oh, that's really funny. I'm glad I looked him up because if I do run into him, at least I won't be like, I don't think I would have recognized him if he came up to me. His hair is like long. He's like kind of big now. Um, but then I saw the girl has like a 12 year old daughter and that looks like they're like the same intense. I don't know. So take what you want with that information. I, I just wanted to share it on a group level. And I know some of you will ask me if I'm still into Jimmy the dragon. I am just kidding. Not even a little bit, not even kind of, I can't even figure out what made me so attracted to him in the first place. Literally there's nothing about him. So no, I'm not just sometimes we all look up at our exes, right? We all know what our exes are up to. We all do. Um, oh, so yeah, we'll wrap this up by telling you. So I declined the job. Uh, last time we talked, I had the interview. I think I had the interview. Uh, I had the interview and then I recorded crawl space. I can't remember. Um, but I was offered the job Oh, I don't remember, but I think I already told you I was offered the job and then I was like excited about it. Uh, I declined the job. I declined the job. Um, I, I couldn't shake a lot of red flags. I just couldn't shake them. Um, the guy who interviewed me was extremely, extremely inappropriate and not like sexually, but just like the questions were really inappropriate, really mean. And it was pointed out to me, a friend of mine, and she's right. Like the guy reminded me of my father, exactly like my father. There's types of men and they're usually straight white males who like to not. And again, like if you're a straight white male and you're like, fuck you, I'm not that way. You probably are. You shouldn't be that defensive about something that you're not right. Um, in my experience, everyone who gets really bent out of shape when we're like white people are upset about uh, black people calling white people racist. And they're like, I'm really personally offended by that. Uh, you, my friend, are probably racist. Like anytime a black friend of mine says white people are racist, I don't take it personally at all. I'm like, yeah, the general population of white people are. You're not wrong, sir. And all of history has shown us that. So if you're upset by me saying it was a it's a, it's a straight white man, I've never seen uh, any other race, sex, se sexual orientation or gender do this, but they're uh, they like to watch you get rattled. They like to break your smile, your spirit, right? My dad used to do that stuff. And so this guy looking at me in an interview, me smiling and 
wanting to get the job and wanting to work for him and learn about the job and, you know, do a new skill set or whatever. Um, he was like, so why aren't you more successful? Why haven't your dreams come true? And the only reason he asked me that was to rattle me, to hurt me a little bit. You know, my dad used to be that way and I couldn't shake. And there was other things like it was just, it was just like, look, Kim, I think you're smart. I think you could do the job. Do I think you want to do the job? He was right. I did not want to do the job, but he was like, uh, you're a stand-up comedian. So I already know two things about you. One, you're really smart and you know a lot about yourself. And I was like, yeah, all that's true. And he was like, and two, you've got a dark side and I don't want to hear anything about it. That was like right in the, right out of the gate in the interview. So that was, that, I couldn't shake that. Like that made me, that I, like I got off that interview and I cried. I felt so sad and weird after that interview. And I couldn't shake it. And then um, my cat, Henry, Henry is having his uh, procedure in three weeks. I am terrified, terrified. Um, uh, it's just, it, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot that's happening. And then there's also like a couple percent chance that it could not take or something bad. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, just like any medical procedure, things can go wrong. Who knows? Right. I'm terrified. And so when they offered me the job, I was like, okay, cool. Well, these two days, um, I, I can't work, which is a, we're about a week and a half after I would have started. And I, I just have, I have, uh, and I told the guy, I was like, look, I'm going to level with you. Um, my cat is having a life saving procedure that I've been on a waiting list for, for a year. Uh, so it's not, uh, changeable. It's not negotiable. That's, that's, I was like Wednesday, uh, is the drop off. So I, I'm able to work after I drop him off. Friday is going to be a long, oh, speak of the devil. Hi, booty. Uh, speak, uh, speak of the devil. I almost said it again. Um, but Friday is going to be a rough day. Like Friday, I have to pick him up. And he is, I, I was just like, look, he's, he's just going to need a lot of extra care that Friday. Um, so I won't be able to work. And so the recruiting guy was like, oh, oh, all right. Um, well, I guess we could get you started in September. And I was like, that's cool. And he's like, no, no, I'll ask the, the guy I interviewed with and we'll see what he says. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine as long as it's not one part of the training or whatever. He's like, you can just make it up on the weekend. And I was like, okay. Um, and so then he, he emailed me back. He emailed me and he goes, hi. And I talked to Drew. I think the guy's name was. I talked to Drew and he said that it was fine for you to, to take a half day on both those days. And I was like, I thought I was clear that Friday was a full day. I'm taking all of Friday off. There is no. Um, and so I was like, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And then I talked to a few people that knew a little bit about the company and some of the stuff they said. I, uh, it's confidential, so I'm not going to get into it. But that rubbed me. There was just so many red flags. And my people-pleasing ple shit, like, popped up um, where I didn't, I, I didn't think I could say no to this job, right? People-pleasing for the girl that got me the interview. I didn't want to let her down. Uh, my cousin was really proud of me. Um, really proud of me. And she also was really proud of me for writing my book, right? Really proud of me for who I am. She's told me that on multiple times, multiple levels. So that was my own shit. It wasn't hers. Let's so put it on her, put it on me, right? Um, but I was scared of what she'd say. I have a, a best friend who is um, uh, getting her coaching certificate and she, uh, she's uh, my coach now. It's so fun to say. Um, and she's really good at it too. I can't wait to share 
her when share her. That's so creepy. I mean, like share her name and everything when she certifies so she can coach you because she's so good. She's two for two with my goals. And one of them was to get me this job. And we worked together for a long time to get this job. And I, I had a lot of guilt around and, uh, and again, all of this is on me. None of this is the people that like, even the girl who got me the job was like, do whatever you got to do. I totally get it. Right. No, but it was all my people pleasing shit. And then it was like fear. And, but taking it also felt like a massive step back financially. I'm okay right now. I've got savings Unemployment's about to run out, but I've got savings and I've got other potential shit coming through. Right. And other freelance shit that will support me coming through, but it is a leap. It is a fucking leap of faith. And I just have to have faith that I'm going to be taken care of, that the path I've chosen, this career is going to work out. Right. But none of this stuff I could say out loud. It was just like these knots for like four days of like, I just have to take this job. But I, I realized something was really wrong when for four solid days, I couldn't get out of bed. Um, like depression shit that I haven't experienced in a long time. Now, grant you the last two days I've had a hard time getting out of bed, but that's just because my flare up and my COVID shit is happening, right? Um, there, you know that if you're, if you've dealt with depression in your life, you know, the difference, you know, the I'm sick and I need to lay into bed or the four days of nothing matters. And the only thing I'm eating is like a couple of spoons of peanut butter every few hours and then taking Benadryl at 7 PM to go to sleep. Like that's, I, I, I like this depression, like knocked me on my ass for four days. And I, I didn't equate it with, um, the job. I knew that the job was like a little bit of it where it was like, okay, well this week was really hard. Last week was hard. Um, I ran into a girl I used to be really close to. Uh, we had a not great falling out, a really bad falling out. Um, and it was a difficult relationship to, it was difficult for me to navigate the ending of that relationship because it was my idea and it was me honoring my boundaries and myself and having respect for myself. But it was like a new venture, right? Um, especially, you know, before my self-worth stuff, uh, I would just let anybody want who wanted to be my friend be my friend. Hi, baby. Um, oh, my God. He's just staring at me. I wish I could show you. Uh, I'll take a picture and I'll put it on my Instagram. Um, and his Instagram, if you want to follow my cats, it's Henry underscore Creighton underscore Lucy Instagram. I'm not actually sure if that's true, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, it's, it's, uh, I used to be like any old person who wants to come in my life, no matter how toxic or how disrespectful of me, I will just let them in. And so this was one of the first friendships that I consciously was like, I don't want to be friends with you. You don't respect my boundaries. And, uh, she and I, our lives overlap a lot in many different ways. And, um, so I ran into her twice and one time it was okay. It was kind of weird. And then the second time it was just full on awful. She was, she was not very nice to me. Uh, and not, she wasn't mean to me. It was just a, it was just full on awful. So I was like, maybe that was part of the depression. Um, there's another thing I'm kind of dealing with that I, I, I don't want to talk about now. I'm trying to process it, but I have a, a buddy of mine who I think I know more often than not, when he talks about sexual abuse and violence and assault, he doesn't side with the abuser, but he roundabout way sticks up for them. And it's been going on for a really long time. And this week it was about someone who had 
harassed me quite a bit in the comedy scene. Um, uh, sexually harassed me in the comedy scene. And so I was like, that's been kind of a blow to my, I'm processing it still. So I will, I will, once I'm processed it, I would love to talk about it on the show because I think it's important to talk about that stuff. Um, cause operation save a bro is not a thing, not the side you want to be on in this whole me too situation. If you're more upset about how someone describes their sexual assault than you are about the assaulter themselves or the assault themselves, you should look into some stuff. Like if you find yourself defending in some way, in any way, maybe not the act, but in some way, a person who is multiple times being accused of abuse, you should look at yourself, please. So that kind of happened last week. And then I wrote a letter to both of my parents um, as a, uh, sorry, boot, as uh, I, I'm in, in my 12-step my recovery. And I, um, at the end of my step nine, which is making amends, I, one of the things I was going to do is write a letter to both my mom and dad. Now my dad is dead. He uh, died six years ago tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do about that anniversary. I have a meeting and I'm going to buy a coffee table. That's all that's sort of on, on deck, right? Just a meeting in that coffee table. I'm pretty stoked about the coffee table. Um, but uh, so I wrote a letter, just a lot of stuff I never got to say while he was alive. And then I wrote a letter to my mom that I think I'm going to send. So it was just a really emotionally draining week, like a really emotionally exhausting week. And then I'm, my COVID stuff is getting bad again. And uh and so I thought that that's what it was. I was just like, maybe that's what this is. And then I was talking to my buddy, Whitney. You guys know Whitney. I talk about him a lot. He is, everybody should have a fucking Whitney in their life. He is uh, my best friend. Um, I love him. He's, he's not even a best friend. He's family to me. But we, he, he's out of town for a while. You know, um, a lot of people are leaving LA for a little bit just because, uh, yeah, Delta's overrunning us, you know, COVID, COVID, COVID is still, still a thing. And, uh, but we were FaceTiming and I was like, yeah, I got the job. And he, I was able to, for the first time, he gave me space. This is why you have to have a friend like him, like gave me space to just like work out how I was feeling out loud. And I was like, I think I kind of don't want this job. And there was no like, why? You just want it. You said you wanted it, right? And that was how it was sort of reacted to a few people. And, and not in a shitty way, but just in a human reaction way. But Whitney will just shut the fuck up and let you process something out loud before he passes judgment, which is awesome. But uh, I, I was just like, I, and I didn't tell him all the reasons why or what had happened. I was just like, I just, is it stupid of me to turn this down when no one's getting jobs? Um, but I think this will be a huge step back and I think it'll drain my soul. And, and then I, I reached out to my tribe and, um, I talked on the phone with one of them who's really good at this sort of thing. And she, yeah, she, she confirmed all of this. She was like, I felt like this since you got the job, everything you were saying, I'm so glad you came to this conclusion on your own. Uh, cause I didn't want to be like, I, I love my friends. I love the people in my life that don't answer questions I don't ask them. They allow me the space to decide on my own and know and respect me and my my like autonomy enough that know they know that if I need help or have a question, like they respect my yeah, they respect my choices and who I am enough to know that like if I make a choice, I know like I'll be okay either way. 
and they don't answer questions that I don't ask them. And so this woman didn't answer any of the questions because I didn't ask her. But then as soon as I called her and was like, these are the things I'm feeling, she went, tell me everything. Why are you feeling this way? And I told her everything. And then I was like, what do you think? She goes, I agree with you 100%. And I was almost sick about not saying anything to you because I thought that this was going to be something that would would set you back three to seven months because it's not an easy job to get out of and you're already emotionally drained and you haven't even started. And and then as soon as I uh, sent the email to the guy and I was just like, hey man, uh, uh, this isn't going to be a good fit for my long-term goals. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Wish you the best of luck. Bye-bye. I woke up the next morning at like 7 a.m., cleaned my apartment, was like out of the depression. And it's just my body. Like I just, I called my friend and I was just like, I have worked so hard to listen to my inner alarm bell, which is always right. And my body is screaming. Every part of me is screaming, don't take this job. And I might be wrong, but if I am, I would rather, I don't, I, and I'm not, uh, I got a call back like the next day. I don't think I booked the job, but I got a call back the next day. So, um, if you're not in the industry, you're like, but you didn't get the job, but it's like, I'm in the, I'm on the right fucking path and I'm going to be okay. Um, but oof, it was a heavy week, dude. And I think that's also probably why my health is acting up too. Um, I'm finding with my long haul COVID stuff, uh, when my, my emotional shit is unaligned, my body kind of starts getting fucked up. Um, they go hand in hand, you know, <sighs> wild week, wild week. But, uh, here we are. I think that's the show. I'm going to say I'm one lucky broad. I'm one lucky broad. I am one fucking lucky broad. I wonder if my, my neighbor can hear me when I do these because I can hear him in his bedroom right now. And I'm like, does he hear me just screaming in my closet? <laughs> and like, I am positive I am the crazy neighbor. Like I'm, there's no doubt in my mind. Oh, uh, there is one guy that throws a ball back and forth to himself at the pool while he screams. Uh, I think he's crazy. There's another guy who's like the plant guy who's always on the phone running around uh, with like a big thing of water to water all the plants in the building, but he looks crazy. So I think I'm less crazy than those two, but they live on the other side of the building. So I'm like the crazy one on this side of the building. Plus the woman who screamed to the devil was evicted. And then the guy who was, you know, hanging out with all the homeless people doing drugs, he was asked not to come back to. So like, I think that I'm the crazy one, uh, but I am one lucky broad. Oh, I'm one lucky broad. I got the best people in my life. The best people, like I said, people that don't answer questions. I'm not, I don't ask them. Like they, they trust me enough with my own, like, I, I, I know that sounds so simple, but I have had years of my life with people who, especially my, my father was one of them, was just like, I don't think that you can handle this ever. So I am always going to put my two cents in. And it's just like, I've got this. I've had this for a long time. I hit the age of five and was pretty much alone except for my grandparents. Thank God for them. Right. But like, I have this, um, and I'm really grateful. I have friends that allow me space and dignity and it's dignity really to work shit out on my own. Um, even when I went back to the guy from Seattle after he did the stuff that he did and I'm not going to contact him. I know a couple weeks ago I thought about maybe I should contact him. Um, he meant a lot to me. Uh, he meant a whole lot to me and, uh, you know, when someone means a whole lot to you and then one day they're gone just as quickly as they came into your life. 
the morning process isn't linear. So sometimes I convince myself that I should call him and other times I convince myself I should block him. And when I have those two extremes, I know to put it down for 24 hours because I don't need to react to shit anymore. But even when I, when I, when that guy came back into my life, my friends allowed me the dignity to make my own choices about it. And they weren't there when it ended going, we told you so, or we knew it wasn't going to end. They were just there loving and supporting me. And like, I am so lucky. And I know most of you listen to this, so... I think about how lucky I am to have you all the time. Like way more than I already tell you. I'm one of those that makes it weird telling you how much I love you. Thank you. Um, oh, and I'm one lucky broad also that I have like just the best cat in the world. And the other cat's pretty cool too. I love Lucy. I do. I know I always, but Henry's my king. Okay. Uh, that's the show, everybody. Thank you for going on this roller coaster ride with me. Uh, send healing thoughts. Send uh, send healing thoughts, but also send patient thoughts because I am going to tackle tackle this whole doctor situation in the next two days. I'm going to give my spa- myself space not to do anything difficult tomorrow because tomorrow is a potentially heavy day. So, uh, and I don't know, I, I, I don't know, some, di- some, some dead dad anniversary days are totally hard and I cry all day and it's rough. And then some dead dad anniversary days, I'm cool. Um, you know, so, uh, any, anything can go tomorrow. I'm just giving myself space to do what I need to do emotionally to get through it. Um, you know, anniversaries like that are weird, but, uh, I please send patient vibes my way as I'm going to be looking for a doctor, um, Friday and uh, get my ass to a doctor. So maybe we could take some uh, uh, fucking x-rays of these lungs and we can uh, maybe see if there's shit in them. And that's why I haven't been able to breathe for the better part of a year. Or uh, as one guy asked me, do you think it's psychosomatic? And I was like, you are lucky that I've worked on my anger. Otherwise I would have slit your throat, watch you bled out and the eye, the like light go out in your eyes knowing that I did it. Closest you'll ever come to feeling like God just kidding okay everybody uh that was the show um if you get a second please uh rate review subscribe share um i have no more reviews so if you haven't reviewed yet and only if you like it if you don't like it don't give me a bad review i already have enough like inner demons i don't need to hear about yours too so please don't send me a bad review wait till i'm in the hundreds if there's a hundred no i'll still only focus on that one because i'm a human i'm a human um but yeah, leave me a review, please, if you haven't. Uh, it just helps. It, it just helps it so much more than you know. It just helps push the podcast. Um, and review literally every podcast that you listen to. Give them a review. I'm telling you, it means so much to us. Uh, every every podcast you listen to, even if it's just like a quick five stars, love this podcast, love this gal, right? Gal, love this Brad. Um, and if you haven't yet, please buy my book. Buy my book, uh, Confessions of a Recovering Party Girl. I've been hearing a lot of really good stuff. Review that too if you have bought it and you haven't reviewed it yet. Um, I have a couple of reviews from strangers, which made my whole day. Um, yeah, so I, I just want to get this all out there. Be nice. Um, and all the episodes are up on YouTube if you want to watch me, you know, yell and cry instead of hear me yell and cry. Uh, you can do that. Oh, I just burped. I think that's it. Oh, on Saturday, I have a show in Koreatown. If you guys want to come watch me do live comedy, I will post that on my website tomorrow or Friday. 
I'll definitely post it on Instagram. So if you want to see me tell live jokes, I'm working on clean 20 minutes, which is a nightmare. If you know my comedy, I mostly talk about puking on penises. So uh, I'm working on clean comedy to hopefully get on a uh, uh, serious um, situation. So uh, the radio, not like a serious relationship. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think that's it. Okay. I love you guys. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Just get vaccinated and be cool to each other. Just be so nice to each other. It is a rough time right now. And I don't know. We're in this together. Just be kind, man. Be kind. Uh, thanks, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Space, space. I don't care.